right, how's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real, featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we are back with another review. Hopefully it's great. I picked this one, <laughs> what? so we'll see. <laughs> well, 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 it's back again. Hopefully. He's back to hoping, huh? Man. What, it, the outcome's just not automatically positive? You think after all these years we'd have picked out all the flaws and all the bad things? I feel like we've really improved since you've been saying hopefully. Hey, I'm just hoping, man, but uh, especially because I picked this one. We have it down to a science now. Yeah, here's hoping he never says hopefully again. We'll have to take that out of the next version of Mike. Oh, gosh. Now I'm getting edited (laughs) on the mic, on the airways. Mike, getting edited. Oh, gosh. All right. So I did a, a... I treated myself, I guess. Yeah, I did a treat yourself to Gattaca. Is that how you say this? Gattaca? Gattaca. Gattaca? Gattaca. Mm, I don't think it's Gattaca. I'm suspicious of that pronunciation. I'll put in a vote for Gattaca. He's uh, playing a fast one on us here, but yeah, I picked Gattaca. <laughs> this movie was released in 1997, so it's an older sci-fi movie. I've heard a lot about this, like, just on the internet. Mainly, I guess, Reddit. <laughs> um, but people were always saying, hey, this movie's pretty good. Go watch it. If you like sci-fi, you'll probably enjoy this movie. And it's always been on my list, so I decided to knock it out. I've been in a sci food I've been in a sci-fi mood lately. <laughs> I always like a little sci-fi. That's, that's good stuff. I want some sci-fi food. Is that some green eggs and ham? Is that sci-fi? I don't know. Green food sounds pretty sci-fi to me. Is that like post-apocalyptic food? Years after the great, yeah, like nuclear disaster. (laughs) There's all these strange creatures running around talking in (laughs) rhymes, trying to get people to eat their eggs. Yeah, this is very (laughs) suspicious. We're on to you, Dr. Seuss. (laughs) Figured it out. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I've never heard of this before, actually. So I had no idea what to expect going into this. Yeah, I don't even think I read anything about this besides just the recommendation. So I didn't even read like what it was about on IMDb or Amazon when I rented it. Just went in fully blind. Same. I thought it was like a spaceship movie. I guess it kind of is. That's the goal, but uh, we're, we're going to spoil this movie, Gattaca. So uh, if you haven't watched it, you don't want it spoiled, go watch it and then come back. So, um, I guess, what did you guys think of Gattaca? Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about the plot here, Mike? Why don't you lay lay down what we're working with? So, this is a sci-fi movie where a genetically inferior man uh, basically assumes the identity of superior one in order to pursue his lifelong dream of space travel. Thank you, IMDB. <laughs> Good summary there. But yeah, what did you guys think about it? Needed to be longer. It felt very rushed, which I'll get into with one of my points and criticisms. I'm sure you can guess what it is going to be. <laughs> I do feel like I needed some more substance in there. a little, Just a little more of everything. A little extra helping, you know? Yeah, I think that would have helped it a little bit, for sure. It does feel like it's rushing itself, which is weird, because it almost, like, to me, it feels like it's based off a book, which I'm, I mean, I'm assuming it's not, but... It really has that vibe of, like, a novel that they're trying to adapt. Uh, and it's really, it's interesting. I mean, 
It isn't, right? It's not based off a book or anything? Anybody know? Not that I've heard. Okay. I don't think it is, and... It's just kind of like an interesting like way they set it up because it does kind of just feel like oh we got to rush to this point next we got to get to this point like I do kind of like the how quick it moves but I do agree I think they could like have taken their time maybe a little bit too flesh it out yeah yeah I agree this kind of feels like if you take a literature class in college like an advanced literature class it's like focusing on sci-fi and dystopian societies and that kind of stuff this feels like it would be a story in that class it's uh, interesting because you're not discriminated against by um workplaces and the government on like race or anything like that race or gender you're actually discriminated against by your genetics in this movie so that's like the next step of discrimination in the future <laughs> according to Gattaca they put it in a really good way that yeah it's like they've, they've learned how to they've got the art of discrimination down to a science like literally yep <laughs> <laughs> so your genes suck all right <laughs> then you suck you can't do anything worthwhile yeah they won't even look at your application for some jobs you know even though they said there's a law that you can't discriminate against people because they're genetics but they're like, ah, they don't give two craps about it. Sounds like today. Yeah, yeah, it is eerily. This is definitely something I could see happening in real life eventually, you know, like... The not-too-distant future. Exactly, yeah. It doesn't feel that far off, yeah, honestly, I don't think, which is... It's kind of cool. It's interesting. It's a cool, unique idea that I, I really like, this future that they're telling. I guess they already have some of this, like, in real life, but it's not to this extreme because like for astronauts i think you have to be in a certain height range because that's what they build the uh, the shuttles for is people to sit in those seats so if you're too tall or way too short um you can't be an astronaut i think it's the same with like fighter pilots and like you can't be colorblind you have to have like really good vision yeah i guess it kind of is a little bit but it's not like I think it's more accepted. They're not, like, testing your DNA. <laughs> See if you're going to have a heart attack in 20 years. Yeah, they're not checking for that. Well, I do think you can't, like, be an astronaut if you have, like, a heart condition or something that you might, like, die from mid-mission. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, yeah. But even, like, that's not. they're not just talking about astronauts in this, though. They're talking about, like, everyday life. Like, the, the normal people, well, I don't even know if they're, like, considered normal because everybody in this society is, you know, genetically superior i guess or whatever perfect the lower class of people who are like born the normal way that we know of you know they invalid they're all, they're all stuck with the crappy jobs yeah the invalids and they they can't measure up to anything because nobody will take them it's a cool setup for sure um and has a lot of good sci-fi things and topics it can explore um like Knowing when you're going to die, essentially, and uh, the classism and racism and stuff takes it in unique, interesting ways, but doesn't really explore them as much as it could have. Yeah, I'll agree with that, but I mean, there's enough there to get you thinking. So it's it's not like it's bad, I would say. Like, it's a good idea. Yeah, sure, it could be fleshed out more. But it does get you thinking in the state that it is in in the movie. I think it makes for an easy watch, you know? I mean, it's not like your mind is blown and you're 
having to do research for a week after to figure out what the plot was even about. I mean, you know, it's deep. There's some themes. But it's not like a hard watch by any means. Yeah, it's not Interstellar or 2001 <laughs> Space Odyssey. Yeah, exactly. This one, I feel like it presents a lot of the ideas, but it doesn't do a whole lot with them besides the classism, racism angle. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the one they really want to touch on for sure, though, too. I think that is the focus that they want to, to work through. Well, neat. Even with that, too, I do think they kind of force a lot of the plot to make it work, which is weird. Like, I found it really odd that once, like, he got into Gattaca, right? I found it really odd that they were so, like, paranoid on an invalid being in there. You have to go through all these screening processes multiple times... And prove that, like, you're a genius, essentially. They even get in there. So I I find it weird that once he's in there, they don't like, okay, all these people made it through all of our checks, so they're obviously, they're the cream of the crop. Nobody's going to make it in here, right? I I find it odd that they continuously are still, like, checking them. It feels disingenuous and forced, just to give some more tension for our main character, because obviously he does, he is a genius, even though he's not a pre-ordered baby, essentially, <laughs> um, and fools everybody to get in there. But it, to me, it feels like a movie mechanism to keep tension in the plot that, oh, is he going to get caught or what? Because it's like in real life, they don't keep making you go in for drug tests once you make it in, right? Well, I mean, it's not like they're just, like, constantly searching for imposters. They're looking because somebody got murdered. That's why this whole thing gets, like, started. Like, they're not trying to find the dumbest of the group. They're trying to, like, they, that's their only clue to go on. And that's why they're so, like, hard set on trying to figure out who this person is. They got a blood test every time they go into the building, though. I think it makes sense for, like, a space program. I think truckers have to do a monthly drug test. Yeah, Public transportation workers do a lot, too. Like, I, I would get it if they, like, when they did the one before he got on at the end, right? That makes perfect sense. But, like, they have to go and do the blood thing just to prove that they're not an invalid every day. That seems a little much. Well, but you have to also, like... At my work, I have to, well, when I was still going to the office, I had a key card. It's the same thing. That's the, what they're using it for. It just two birds with one stone. Like, they're just using their DNA as their key card rather than, like, a physical key. Yeah. Seem, it seems silly to me. I think it fits with what they're doing. I don't know. I mean, it is kind of a satire, like a society over-focused on genetics. Yeah, it's more a commentary on society by looking at it through the lens of a dystopian future. Yeah, dystopian for some. Yeah, very much so. Which is, I, I find that more more interesting, actually, but it doesn't really explore it too much. They, they kind of explore that with Ethan Hawke and Jude Law's characters a little bit, but, I mean, it they don't go too deep into it, which is another criticism I had. I wanted more of that relationship. I agree. They could have definitely fleshed out a lot of ideas in this. 
But I kind of feel like in the 90s, this was before like the Matrix came out and stuff. So this was kind of more of a thinker sci-fi movie, you know, like it gets you thinking instead of like Star Wars or something like that. So I wonder if they were trying to have more appeal to people in the 90s by keeping it a little bit lighter on all the messaging, just kind of present them with it. Well, this is, it's also Andrew Nicole's first movie, right? This was his debut movie. Oh, that is this is his first movie, written by and directed. So to, to me, it feels like some of that, yeah, that could be it, but I think a lot of it too could be it's his first big movie, so just like a misstep from it being, I mean, it's a really good first movie, don't get me wrong. I feel like it it could be like just some missteps for it being his first big one too. Like like my biggest problem with it, I think it's too short. I think it needed a lot more time, especially in the beginning part. Because like the first, I don't know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you have a lot of narration from Ethan Hawke who's like catching you up the speed on everything that's going on. It it informs you of everything that they didn't put into the movie. I feel like that was a big missed opportunity. Like, I would have liked to see all of that stuff occur, you know, because you'd get more attached to his character. You could see more of this dystopian world that he's been born into since he's of the lower class. Yeah, I was going to ask you how you felt about the narration. (laughs) Because there's quite a bit of it. It's not terrible because it's it's useful narration because they are they decided not to film those parts for whatever reason in the movie. But I do think it would have been a lot stronger and more solid if they just would have extended that runtime, dropped the narration, and would have actually filmed those parts and let us see it instead of hear it. Yeah, they really do just want to get us to the like space mission or whatever part yeah that's i think i think i agree with you i think they are just trying to rush us into that point and then that's when they kind of slow down a little bit yeah because it's going breakneck pace with like his backstory and then the narration and then it's just like hits the wall and just slows way down it's really weird yeah i was kind of expecting them to be up in space for part of this movie but no you never never get there I do love the building that they work in, though. Like the brutalism architecture style with all the concrete buildings and stuff. Ooh, that looks so cool. It does look cool, yeah. I like that 90s retroism, the way those computers look. Like, (laughs) that's the high end of the time. Yeah, like Alien. I thought it was kind of weird that they went with that, like, uh, 1950s kind of style of car for all the cars. Like they were, you know, changed a little bit to seem a little more future I guess. I don't know, but it's not like 90s cars like you'd see in Seinfeld or something, you know, super period PC. Maybe it came back in style. Fashions tend to, you know, go come around and go around. You know, I do agree with what you were saying earlier, though, Dan. Um, this movie does cover a lot of ground of this guy's life. It only picks, like, a few chunks. Like, I wanted to see him... Um, you know, after he leaves to go out on his own, I kind of want to see him struggle a bit. I wanted more time given between Hawk and Law 
so we could see them bond like when he first shows up. Well, it's kind of like there's some important stuff that I feel like kind of gets left out too. Like apparently he faked Ethan Hawke faked his death at some point, and like his parents think he's missing. I think yeah, Tony Shalhoub must have done that. Oh, you're probably right. Yeah, I bet you're right. Yeah, their like agreement isn't super well detailed either. I would like to see his brother, like his like upbringing a little bit too, just like get more of a connection between them. Like they do it a little bit in the beginning. But if there had been, like, more of a rivalry, I guess, because we get it a little bit. But it just goes so fast that it's kind of easy to forget until he suddenly shows up at the end and you're like, oh, right, this guy. <laughs> it felt like he could have been a more central character throughout. I think that would have helped. Yeah, I wanted more future detective out of the brother. Give me some of that. That whole reveal was pretty neat, I thought, there at the end. Because it explains why once he's... He saw that picture of his brother, why he got so interested in trying to find him. Because I, I thought that was really odd. I was like, what is going on here? Here, Because it doesn't tell you. That was really, that was cool. I didn't see that twist coming, I guess. It was neat because their roles are 100% reversed because they say in the movie that all the invalids do, like, go in the law enforcement. It's a complete 180 shift for how it usually goes. That twist felt weird to me. I, I mean, that kind of felt a little forced. Like, oh, yeah, we got to bring the brother back. Why don't we just make him the cop? I mean, I think they do an okay job of it, but I, I think I would have rather, like, if knowing right from the beginning who he was, I think that would have helped me a little bit for it. Just get that connection going right away. Yeah, I agree. I could have gone more or for more of the brother, too. I kind of saw that he was the brother there at the end when he started yelling. Uh, well, before the end, when he was yelling for Vincent, when uh, he was just yelling down the alleyway when they snuck out the back, I was like, hmm, he seems very uh, interested in yelling. Like, who yells first name as a detective, you know, at somebody like that? Yeah, and they didn't, like, go after him either. Well, I guess they weren't for sure at that point either until Hawk showed up at the very end. But when did Anton figure it out like that, that he was the imposter of Jer or Jerome? Because they show that scene of him flipping between Vincent's picture and Jerome's picture. So when did he make that connection? That, I, I wasn't clear on that. Like, if it kind of felt to me, unless I missed something, which is very possible, it felt to me like they kind of just cut to it, and then he knows that <laughs> Vincent's Jerome now. I was like, uh, okay, when did that happen? Yeah, I think when they were talking to the, the director of Gattaca, and he was talking up Jerome so much, that also gave him an idea, because he was like, man, my brother was super smart, so... And this is what he wanted to do. And he looks like Jerome, kind of. <laughs> yeah. It, like, the situation was just very fishy and convenient, I think, for him. And, I mean, he's a detective, so he's clearly got some skills there. I don't think he was 100% sure until, like, towards the end, like, when he does go to confront him. Yeah. It just kind of felt, maybe they needed to do a better job editing that, because it kind of felt convenient. A little bit to me I wasn't clear how he pieced it together I mean I think even like the 
the fact that he's so passionate about it, just the fact that it, he knows his brother was here at some point and he thought he was dead, I think really fueled him. Like maybe he didn't know uh, that he was his brother was still alive, but he was trying to find out why this was here, that kind of thing, I guess. I don't know. Like, I think that's probably why he was so into it. But, but honestly, I did like this movie for the most part. I think it, it is pretty solid. Um, yeah, I think it does a good job with the world building and it focuses on a lot of the stuff that makes this dystopian or whatever, but it is kind of more of just like an underdog story, even an underdog story set in this world that's perfect for the ultimate underdog, I guess. Yeah, I think everybody acts their parts pretty good, too. I mean, I liked Ethan Hawke and Jude Law. And I love Jude Law, man. Jude Law knocked it out of the park in his scenes, I thought. He's so young in this, too, man. Yeah, and Uma Thurman did pretty good, too. Watching how she changed and how, like, she got shocked when she found out that uh, Ethan Hawke and Jude Law were, like, pulling a fast one on her. Yeah, she is really interesting, too. I just wish we got more with the main three characters, you know? And they're they're all kind of... Mm, this is a problem with these type of sci-fi movies where they don't... Like, characters don't emote very much, you know? And especially in this one where if you... Which I thought this was a, actually a pretty terrifying thing where it's like you're scared to just like touch anybody or leave behind any evidence because they can just go run up your genetics report and then decide if you're worth their time yeah <laughs> they just go to the local strip mall and like turn it in to these people and they have the their entire gene structure like for you in like 30 seconds is it, that's a really cool interesting thing which is very scary too because that gets rid of all like you know, human contact, essentially. But that that's the problem, right? And when you're trying to make a movie is when you have set up a sci-fi world like that, it kind of, it can be a challenge to get a very compelling performance out of your actors and actresses when they're not allowed to emote, really. I think that was a little bit of a problem with this, too. Not a big problem, because they do, like, Mike said they do a very good job, especially Uma Thurman when she's breaking down after she finds out what's really going on. But it's a weird criticism, I think, <laughs> I have of it. It's not a huge deal, but it would have made some of that middle portion more, I don't know, easier to watch, I guess. I thought Jude Law and... Ethan Hawke's characters were fairly emotive, but Uma Thurman's was definitely pretty cold and distant. So we get, I think we get enough of that. Uma Thurman, yeah, I would agree that she has more of a like a cold exterior. But I mean, we we eventually get into the the heart of what's going on with her too. I I think everybody does pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I I agree too. I just wish we had more of it all the time because <laughs> it makes the the parts where they're at Gattaca a little, I don't want to say wooden or stilted because it's not that bad. Like, it's not bad at all. It just, I don't know. It, it It's one of those things <laughs> when you go for that type of story that it's a, it's a challenging, challenging thing to get around. But I think he does do a good job getting around it with his direction um, for the most part. I will say I have like a weird plot issue that I thought was kind of random. 
the whole like scene where he like can't see because he forgot to put his contacts in or something. No, they fell out when they were coming back from. Uh, what were they coming back from? The team night or something. Oh yeah, the team night. That's right. Yeah, when they're getting stopped at the thing, he's like rubbing his eyes, and then his his contact eyes or lenses they clanked like they were plastic or something. I don't know. His his eyes, we'll call them, fell out while he was rubbing them in the car like a doofus. I thought he knocked him out because the flashlight from the cop. He was trying to like, yeah. I thought it was intentional. Oh, it was intentional? Because the cop had that light he shined in their eyes to like, I don't know. I have no idea what his intent was. <laughs> He's fooling all the cameras, though, and everything, like retinal scanners and things like that. Or at least I thought he was. I guess they don't ever show retinal scans in the movie. Yeah, they don't show any stuff with the eyes besides flashlight. I'll still, it's kind of weird because I'm like, I mean, he's he's looking at all these other people all day. Why would a flashlight give it away? I'm, you know? I don't know. I don't know enough about contacts. Like if you like, like shine a bright light on him, if. Like, it changes things. Maybe, like, his pupils dilate too much or something. I don't know. But, yeah, I didn't even realize that he, they fell out. So I thought he was just going blind that entire time. <laughs> I thought he just rubbed his eyes and knocked him out <laughs> like a doofus. I was like, what are you doing? He was wearing his glasses. And they're like, he's like, nah, don't do that. And I was like, okay, good catch, I guess. But I thought he, like, just put him in his thing and he, like, walked out to do his date. I was like, man, that's the dumbest <laughs> thing ever. But knowing that he put his contacts in makes it a little better, I guess. But... Yeah, yeah, because his eyes aren't the same color as Jude Law's, so they had to, that was another thing he had to do every day. Well, and they were getting stopped, like, coming from the work party of Gattaca people, and, like, why would a, you know, perfect Gattaca guy have contacts in when they're looking for an invalid? And they do establish that that's, like, a thing that some invalid people will do. It's like, you know, they'll they'll slip into the shoes of other valids, which I think that's a really cool idea of, like, you know, it's like, Oh, look at all these perfectly genetic people, you know, surely nothing would go wrong, but that's just not how people work, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> things do go wrong with their lives and maybe they're not as motivated or something horrible happens and stuff. And yeah, then there's a free slot for somebody else to slip into, I guess, if, if the price is right. I did find that scene terrifying, though, when he had to cross the street when he couldn't see because I wear glasses. And that, I would never do that. <laughs> yeah, and then she's like, wanted to show him some beautiful scenery, and he's like, yep, looks great. And then like, you see his vision, it's all blurry. <laughs> <laughs> he can't see nothing. <laughs> Jude Law going up the stairs, too, having to crawl up there. That was intense. Ooh, that was a good scene. I like that quite a bit. Why is his entrance to his apartment all the way up there? I guess I didn't realize that that was the basement. Like, <laughs> the whole time. Same. I was like, is he going up there to hide whenever he starts crawling? I thought he was going to go lay in the bed or something and act sick, but <laughs> no, that's where his living room is, I guess. Well, there was that scene when uh, Uma Thurman first came to pick up Ethan Hawke, and it, like, zoomed up and Jude Law was looking out the window on top of the building. So, yeah, that's why I thought he was on the upper floor. Oh, yeah, that's right. Kind of forgot about that, yeah. Some strange architecture going on in this building, but, yeah. Man, I love the scene when 
uh, Ethan Hawke came back and was telling Jude Law that he was going up into space. And Jude Law was like, we must get drunk immediately. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The more I think about it, the more I do wish there's just more time because I feel like that could have like become like a detriment to Ethan Hawke's character at some point, you know, like when, because they showed at the beginning when they first meet each other, like all these like pee samples that he's using are like inebriated because of like the alcohol. But, you know, that doesn't ever really come up again as a conflict. I kind of wish they would have like, because they hint at it, you know, like that Jude Law's character is really jealous about how far Ethan Hawke's getting in his own skin and stuff like that. But I don't ever feel like it actually plays out all the way. I think that uh, the character interactions they had were more of what I wanted most of out of this movie. Because they were really good. Kind of, They had a weird friendship, but like they had to. <laughs> They're like frenemies at first and then became actual friends. And helped each other out, too. Well, okay, so here's another weird thing about this movie that I just remembered. So Jude Law climbs into, like, the fire pit and just burns himself at the end. How did you guys feel about that? I mean, I got the idea they're going for, because um, his character's been depressed ever... Well, even before he was crippled, because he tells Ethan Hawke that he tried to kill himself, basically earlier and the movie does have like some throwaway line about even being genetically superior doesn't doesn't account for everything yeah 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 exactly so like a lot of stuff in this it's it's half-baked it needed more time in the oven it it's also symbolic of ethan hawk achieving what he wanted to and essentially becoming the upper class and getting away with it and doing what he wanted to. So it's symbolic in that nature too. So I was fine with it. That's just like, I like the idea the symbol symbolism didn't really occur to me until you mentioned it, but it just felt weird that Ethan Hawke's character, like it almost felt like, Oh, he's inspired me to finally go through with killing myself. <laughs> that's, not, that's a strange message to, to go far. That's kind of how I took it. And that's it's a weird idea, I think. I don't know. I took it more as like he was admitting that he was glad that he'd made a friend with them so that he wasn't alone all the time like he had been. By killing himself? Well, he was still going to do it, but he was glad that he had somebody else there for a little bit of time before he did kill himself, I guess. I think they kind of wanted to explore that, like, I don't know if it's a philosophical question, like when you're at the top and you know, but you can't relate to anybody type of thing. I felt like they kind of wanted to do something along those lines with Jerome's character, but they didn't really do it that much. Yeah, it's just such a weird arc, I think, from like, he's already obviously angry and like depressed and an alcoholic to... Like, this, I guess, happy moment of him just burning alive? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's complicated, I think. And I think that it's interesting. It is. But <laughs> I just don't think it was fleshed out quite right because I'm getting, a, like, weird vibes from it. <laughs> I guess I felt like they set it up earlier when they have that conversation, you know, of Ethan Hawke being like, so what are you going to do for a year when I'm gone? And Jude Law won't answer him. 
and I kind of feel like it's mutually understood between them at that point that he might off himself after, like, they both know, I feel like, at that point, that he's gonna do it, and, like, he's okay with it, he's made peace, and it's almost like a relief at that point to be done with it all. Yeah, it's, it's a very, it's very deep subject matter that the film doesn't give enough time to... Yeah, it is weird, and that scene just happens so quick. You're kind of like, wait, what? Did he just do that? Yeah. I was like, what's he doing? And he's like, oh, he's, wait, is he crawling into the... And I was like, yep, okay, there he goes. <laughs> I, I did like it, though, that, that cut to when he hits the button and the rocket blasts off with the f- furnace. That was, that was legit. I was like, that was awesome. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It was like the direct contrast between their characters there. And it was so symbolic, too, of everything they were working for. Too. It, th- that's like a perfect perfect shot for this movie if i wanted to give it in just one sequence what this movie is that would probably be it yeah i think it definitely worked on a, at least on a symbolic level i think it actually yeah i think you're right i think it works really well just that shot says it all you know like burning the fuel to finally achieve your dreams but when the fuel is an actual person it starts to yeah when you think about it too At much what I don't know. cost yeah exactly <laughs> but what'd you guys think of the music you know i wasn't a big fan of the music in this one honestly oh no <laughs> i thought there's way too much of it oh man i liked it it's very melancholic remorseful and i can't think of the word like when you're looking back on stuff you've done in the past. It, it captures all of that atmosphere, I guess, for this movie. And I, I thought it fit pretty well. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it just felt like to me that it was so much of it. And I think I think you're right. It has all those feelings, but it's also like so much of it that it felt like it was really forcing me to feel a certain way almost, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's... it. I don't know. I could have used like a little bit less, honestly, of the music. Just maybe for just like the more important parts. It wasn't like horrible by any means. Just just a lot of it. it, it there is a lot of it. Pretty much the whole movie. <laughs> At least it's good music. Yeah, I mean, could be worse. I'm not, yeah. Composition-wise and everything, it, it sounded good. Hmm. You guys ready for some overall presentation? One more nitpick I have that felt like a plot convenience. Why didn't they swab the guy who was murdered's eye at the start? I mean, they're picking everything else off of him. Why didn't they swab his eye? I don't know. That's a good question, I guess. (laughs) You know? Because, like, the dude's just in there and's like... You know what? I'm going to swab this dude's eye. And then he's like, oh, we figured it out because I did it. It seems like a very big oversight considering that just one little eyelash is what got the whole process started, you know? Feels like a big plot convenience once more. I mean, the whole fact that they're like, nobody looks at photographs anymore is their whole basis of how this plan (laughs) even works. Seems pretty convenient. I mean, like like they said, he looks enough like him that it it is fine. With the hairstyle, I think that, yeah, I would say I probably wouldn't be able to tell them apart. The voice would be what gives it away. Yeah, especially with those low-res 90s machines, man. <laughs> Lo-fi, yeah. That's like 480p right there, Fox. 
That's true. I feel like they had to make his hair super crazy yeah. in Vincent mode, <laughs> so we'd all know that it was Vincent. Yeah, I think they did. <laughs> they did. They did. It was so funny. You guys ready for some overall presentation? All right, but we got a scale around here that goes from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it in that order. We all give a little summary about what we think, and then we try to average it out at the end if we can. So who knows where we'll land on Gattaca. But I have an announcement. I did some tests. You know, I've been kind of like scrounging my apartment, you know, looking for like particles or, you know, hair or anything I could find of you guys. Um, and I think I've tracked it down for everybody. And I've been checking all your genomes, all your DNA sequences. And, um, well, only one of us has the specific gene I was looking for. It's very rare, but um, it's called the first gene. Um, and, Mike, you've got it. So. Oh, my gosh. How would you get all these <laughs> DNA samples from us? <laughs> it took me a long time. <laughs> he, he just... Just going around our apartments collecting, making us pee in jars. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't notice the jar I put in your toilet, did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Well, I'll go first here. Uh, I think you said it really well when you said it earlier, Fox, that this is just like an easy sci-fi movie to watch. And uh, I like that about it. You can kind of just sit back and you get kind of a cool dystopian society and it's got a, a different message about, like, future segregation, which is super sci-fi. I think I'm going to give this one a, a watch it. I enjoyed it pretty much all around. It was just an easy movie to kick back to for some sci-fi fix. Yeah. I just don't know if I have a whole lot to say, you know? I mean, it was pretty good. I don't really have any, like, major complaints besides the length. You know, it looked pretty good. I liked the set. The acting was great. The music was maybe forgettable for me i think the themes are good sci-fi themes but you know left relatively unexplored which isn't bad i'll give it a watch i guess you know i i think once again i'm ultimately just whelmed not really over or under it's it was fine yeah an easy watch from fox yeah overall i actually i like this movie i thought it was good um I mean, the more we talk about it, the more I think, yeah, definitely could have used a lot more fleshing out of some stuff. But I think they achieve what they want to for the most part with this. Um, and I think they do it really well. I think the the setting is really cool and interesting. Um, and, yeah, it moves at a pretty brisk pace, sometimes to its detriment maybe. But that makes it easy to watch, which is nice, I guess. So I'm going to give it a watch it too. Um, I think it's pretty good, yeah. I'm surprised I've never heard of this before, actually, because... It does seem like something that I'd like learn about in like a college class or high school class or something. So, yeah, watch it. Unlike Jude Law at the end of this movie, this movie is a little half-baked, I'd say. Oh, gosh. It presents a lot of ideas that it doesn't explore, namely due to it being such a short runtime. I mean, it's not even that short. It's a little over an hour and a half, but that's pretty short for these types of sci-fi movies, you know? Um, and ultimately, most of those questions it does raise up are answered better in other movies, I think. But even though it is half-baked, doesn't mean I don't like it. I enjoy some doughiness 
um, every once in a while. And the doughiness we get in this movie is pretty good, I'd say. I do have a lot of problems with some forced plot points in this that we brought up. The opening narration for like 15 or 20 minutes is kind of a cop-out because they didn't have the budget probably to film the rest of the story, I, I would guess, um, which is unfortunate. It's not the worst narration ever. I, d I just don't, I'm, I don't like it. I think it's a failure of writing if you need to narrate it. But in this case, it, it's not too bad. They're explaining things they didn't get a chance to film. So that's better than what you usually get with narration. I wanted a lot more between Jude Law and Ethan Hawke because that's a essential relationship to the story. And we don't get enough of it, I don't think. Um, it could would have made that ending much more climactic and emotional than what it already was. All that being said, though, I think I will still give this one a watch it. All those negatives aside, I did enjoy it quite a bit. And this is this guy's debut film, which is very impressive for a debut film, I might add. It, it, it's one idea that it focuses on the genetics and pre-ordering your children essentially is a really cool idea that I've wanted to see explored in film for a long time and I'm glad I finally got to see it in one give it a watch ooh there you have it I'll watch it from run the reel all around the board that's a solid movie I'd say you know Definitely, it just seems weird that I'd never heard of this because, yeah, I think it's good, you know. I've seen a lot of the other guys' movies. I just, I have never really heard this guy's name, the director, at all either, so. Well, who's up next here? It's, it's TV's pick, right? It's me, and I've got a pick. I'm already prepared. What are you picking? I was looking at my shelf, you know, scanning. I was like, what haven't I watched in my collection yet? And something caught my eye. I think we should watch Dragged Across Concrete. Oh! Ooh. That's supposed to be a tense watch. This is the Bone Tomahawk guy, ain't it? Yeah, it is. He did that, and he did uh, Brawl and Cell Block, uh, whatever, 99 or whatever. And I really like that movie, too, so... I like this director's style. Let's see if he can keep it up with Dragged Across Concrete. Oh, boy, it's gonna be a long watch. <laughs> oh yeah, this one's been on my list, thanks to you, TV. I gotta say, yeah, this one is in my watch list, too. Did you like Bone Tomahawk, Fox? Oh man, I liked Bone Tomahawk. You did? Okay, me and Mike did not like it that much. Yeah, I couldn't remember who I talked about. I think we reviewed it on the show back in college. College radio, yeah, it was you, me, and Mike, and me and Mike... We're not big fans of Bone Tomahawk. <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying that uh, you thought we were all going to love this movie, <laughs> and then <Dan laughs> I just roasted it. Yeah. But hopefully that won't be the case this time. If anything, I can cross my fingers <laughs> up. At least Fox will be on my side. Hey. <laughs> there you go, yeah. So yeah, that's my pick, Dragged Across Concrete. In the meantime, if any of you listeners out there want to get in contact with us, Give us your thoughts about Gattaca, um, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Run the Real, or you can even email us at runtherealpodcast at gmail.com. 
Give us your thoughts and opinions. Did we miss something in the movie? Did you think we were correct? We want good praise and bad praise. We'll take it all. Give it to us. So let us know. Would you pre-order your baby? <laughs> That's a fun way of putting it. Yeah. It is a fun way. You get a pre-order bonus. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they get all the... It's, it is just like that. Just like pre-ordering a video game. Is you get all the little perks and stuff. It's like, you get a free 4,000 XP before... <laughs> if you pre-ordered the oh. game. Wow. Yeah, be sure to get in contact with us. Don't send us your genetics. We don't want those, I guess. Don't know if I need that, yeah. That's a lot of text. Anyway, this is Run The Real, signing off. <laughs> <laughs>